Well, welcome once again to Testimonies of God in Action. We're blessed to have Lamb Baker with us again to continue on with the story. I know many of you have enjoyed the first part, and uh, we felt we just had to have a second part. We didn't get finished, so welcome, Lamb. Well, I don't know that the story was ever finished. You keep living out God every day and him doing some amazing things, Mm -hmm. even today. I hope that's your experience. I hope that you are experiencing the miraculous on a daily basis because God wants to Mm -hmm. be there, be intimately connected to every aspect of your life. And that's the story I have to share. So I think if you had a chance to listen to the previous podcast, you'll know that I think we ended up somewhere around high school. And I had mentioned that my sister went off to the private church high school, and I ended up there as well after my grade nine at the local high school that didn't go that well. But again, I knew I was different and thought perhaps at a Christian high school I might fit in. But it didn't happen. Now, my sister's experience of high school was amazing. Of course, she met her husband there. She had girlfriends that were in her wedding party, and she was in their wedding party, and they all had kids at the same time, and they all took holidays together with their families, and that continued for the rest of their lives. It's continuing today. They are lifelong friends, and they all met in high school. I can't say that I'm friends with anybody that I, and it was the same school, so it's just a different time. Of course, I mean, within weeks of showing up there in grade 10, one of the guys spread a rumor that I was gay. And so I was a bit confused because I didn't know about it. Nobody told me. But uh, yeah, one of the grade 12s was all upset about this and decided that I needed to have a good beaten. That didn't faze me much because I've been getting beaten up all my life because I was raised a pacifist, you know, to not, to turn the other cheek, literally, every time, and not hit back because uh, they are the ones that have the problem, not you. It was a little hard to convince me that they were the ones with the problem when I was the one with the bruises. But... Again, God's training ground. God's training ground to teach me. Many people don't understand that passage within the scriptures where Jesus talks about turning the other cheek and when someone forces you to go with them a mile, go too. And there's a really, really good teaching that I heard concerning that. And you see, when someone strikes you in the cheek, it's usually a backhand that would be given to a servant or a disobedient child. But if you turn the other cheek, that means they got to slap you with their hand. And it's more of an intentional thing. When uh, Jesus talks about someone forcing you to go a mile, there was actually a, a rule that any conquered people could be compelled by a Roman soldier to carry their pack for a mile. But after that, they had to take the pack back. But if you said, no, no, I'll carry it for you then you were the one who was taking control of the situation. And that was what it was about, learning self-control. 
one of the gifts of the Spirit. Learning to not hit back, to not let your emotions get away with you, to not get angry, to know that they were the one who was upset, that couldn't control themselves, that was losing it, whereas you were calm in the inward person, that you were focused, and that you knew what was true and right and good, and you were living it. Difficult as a child to embrace, but eventually I did come to the understanding that those experiences that God took me through mm-hmm. were training me for times of ministry all over the world where I would be encountering all kinds of interesting opposition, <laughs> some spiritual and some quite temporal. Mm-hmm. So throughout my high school, I was again... Uh, Confused, (laughs) didn't know why the girls didn't like me. (laughs) But, you know, I was by that point in time quite used to being confused and an outcast and and not fitting in. And that's, I think, a good understanding of who we are in the world. God is trying to instruct all of us that we're not supposed to fit in here. This is not home. This is not where we were designed and created to be this world is run by the prince of the power of the air and he has corrupted all of its systems and we're not to put our confidence in the systems of this world i love that passage from james where he says true religion is this to take care of the people nobody else is taking care of which are the widows and the orphans they were people that were seen as expendable orphans and widows Hey, if you didn't have a dad to raise you up in, in a trade uh, or a family who would pay a tradesman to train the child, then you didn't learn how to fit into the culture. Mm-hmm. As a widow, you had no rights. Without a man, you had no one to speak for you because a woman's word was not even considered valid. She couldn't be a witness to anything. So James is saying, go into the world, take care of the people nobody else is taking care of, and don't let yourself get entangled in the systems of this world. So many of us, and I've seen it time and time again in my own life, as I start to get connected and I ran businesses, I had my own proprietary projects, but God continually moved me out of that. I was joking with a friend just this morning and saying, because he's quite well off, he's, God is blessing him. And I said, yeah, every time I had a little nest egg put away for a project, I'd be doing very well in the business. And then Jesus would come along and go, hmm, I have a job for you. It's on the other side of the planet. You can come back when the money's gone <laughs> and start over. And uh, that happened on more than one occasion. But I look back now and I look at the fact that I've traveled the world. I've seen most of the continents, been in dozens of countries, seen God do amazing things, walked in the presence of angels, seen them ring cities with flaming swords. Mm. In the spirit realm, seen... uh, You're going to have to tell us some of those. Oh, (laughs) no, that... I mean, you can leave us hanging for now, but you're going to have to tell us about it. 
One of the one of the fun things you, you talk about God's provision, and in every country that He has taken me, the first meal that I've had has always been free, <laughs> always been given to me. Sometimes it was just landing and you know heading towards the destination that the Holy Spirit had given for me, and pausing and picking fruit off the tree. That there was an amazing. You got to know. Carol likes figs, and Carol has a fig tree in my greenhouse that is doing amazing. But one of the most amazing meals I've had was from a fig tree in Spain, and you could smell it blocks away. My nose drew me to that fig tree, and I was able to, oh, it was just liquid, liquid honey. Mm. You're making me jealous now. (laughs) I'm not much for dried figs, but I love those oh, fresh figs. Oh, the fresh figs, fresh that the tree has released and are there waiting for you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, made it through high school. Probably the most confident time of my life was when I was 18 and graduated from high school and went to the the international conference, church conference for the denomination that my father was a part of. And uh, fell in love. But God had another plan. And often through my life, I have had the privilege of spending time with amazing, amazing godly women, gifted, and really hoped that they would be the one and God would call me off on another missions trip. But the sacrifices are always worth it. Obedience is always worth it. He will take you on a different path than what you expected. Pretty much always. <laughs> yeah. But those stories and those experiences, no one can take from you. Mm-hmm. So. Where should we go next? Okay, on, on the theme of spiritual warfare and the demonic, one of the relationships that I had that was, again, very significant and heartfelt and moving and instructive I was dating a lady who had two kids, love kids, never ended up having my own so far. <laughs> I think there's, uh, there's always more inv- adventures in, uh, ahead of us, no matter our age. There will be, I think, children in heaven that may just need some companionship. But this young lady... Had had two kids. Um, she had been sexually molested. She was adopted. There were lots of wounds in her life. And she was uh, a great mom. She was. But her husband had left her, and another church cult had come along and married her off to a guy who was then abusive. It had just not been uh, a good journey for her. And when I came upon the scene, her young uh, daughter was having nightmares. And I prayed about it, and we put the pieces of the puzzle together that one of her friends was a Wiccan. She was actively practicing white witchcraft and had given this young girl numerous gifts that were in her bedroom. And I was praying, and I said, well, there's something over there, and there's something over there in the room, and the... The young girl was asleep during this time, so we're being very quiet and praying through it. And 
And her mom collected things, as I sensed in the spirit, that they were not beneficial. And uh, she gathered them up, and I, and I had a sense that the room was now cleansed. It was clear of the impact and effects of these gifts. And so she said, well, what do we do with them? Did we burn them? I said, well, it's the middle of winter. It might be a little difficult, but at least get them out of the house. And so uh, she left to go downstairs to take them out, and I went into a time of thanksgiving and prayer and knelt down on my floor and was so grateful to God that he had used me, that he had given me insight, that the Holy Spirit had allowed me the privilege of being there and caring. And when my girlfriend entered the bedroom again, I stood up and gave her a hug, and she said, isn't she beautiful? (laughs) And I went, isn't she beautiful? Yeah. Your daughter, yeah, I'm thinking... Your daughter's beautiful, yes. I'm not sure the context. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, your daughter's beautiful. And she says, no, no, the angel. And I'm going, what angel? (laughs) And she said, the angel was standing right in front of you as you were on your knees with your hands raised. And I'm going, okay, you saw the angel. (laughs) Cool. I didn't see the angel. She said, you didn't see the angel, but you were... The angel had turned to her and said... It's okay now. I'm here. Wow. And I will be staying. Uh, My girlfriend related to me that when she put the box of items outside and she was walking back towards the stairs to come upstairs, the door shook as if a wind had hit it. And she turned around and there was a black outline of a being on the outside of the door. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. I had heard the stories, and I'd, raised, I'd been raised with missionaries coming through our home, missionaries right. from all over the world. And when I was four, because of the experience of living in a pastor's house and having missionaries come through, and I think if you remember from the, if you've got a chance to watch the other previous podcast, you'll remember I was raised in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like winters of 40 below... Fahrenheit and Celsius, it's the same. Summers, 40 above Fahrenheit, 100 and something Fahrenheit, 40 Celsius. So 40 to 40, it's a big spread. It's, it's cold in the wintertime and it's hot in the summertime. And at four years old, I was able to recite for the bishop of the denomination, unassisted. This is, I'm, I'm four, my birthday's in March, so I'm the summertime. So maybe four and a half. I was able to recite for him unassisted all the names of the books of the Bible. And all of them memorized. All six. How many are there? 66. I had memorized. So had my Bible down. That summer, that same summer when I was four and a half, at a camp meeting, at the end, at the invitation to go forward and accept Jesus, I turned to my dad and I said, I want to go up there. I don't know, maybe I thought they were handing out candies or something, but Dad said I was a different little boy after that experience, and I'll have to trust him because I don't really remember. I do remember the experience, though. I do remember the building, and the building no longer exists. It burned down. Hmm. Uh, It burned down. It was on the the campus of our church high school, 
And that gym, that building board burned down. And while my sister was there at high school, they, uh, they had the fundraiser, the walkathon to I was, rebuild it. I was four and a half. Mm. And in Saskatchewan, <laughs> North Battleford, Saskatchewan, when I was sitting in a coat closet, and there was a little bench at the bottom for for boots for boots mm-hmm. and I was sitting on that little bench and I was crying because I was so upset because I couldn't be good all the time mm. and uh, my mother found me there I said what's the matter cookie and I said I want to be grown up <laughs> <laughs> she says why do you want to be grown up I said so I don't have to be bad anymore <laughs> and she led me to the Lord during mm. the time, that time. I knew about Jesus. I knew mm-hmm. he died for me. Yeah. And she made it quite clear to me that even mommy and daddy can have problems with <laughs> obeying, even though they don't have a, a mommy and daddy to listen to, but they have to listen to God, right? Mm. And They have a father. <laughs> yes. And uh, how Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. And once he comes to live within us he helps us mm-hmm. with overcoming and yeah and uh, i remember that's my yeah. one of my first memories mm. and so i have no doubt at four and a half <laughs> you can give your heart to the lord oh yeah. yeah oh yeah so if your child comes up to you wanting to ask jesus into their heart don't refuse mm-hmm. don't refuse none of us even today, I, I firmly believe that even the most mature, righteous follower of God has a handle on everything that's going to come their way. We need to constantly be relying on yeah. our Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit to give us direction, to give us strength, to give us the understanding we need. Walking Whether daily. we're, yeah, none day of us know day, what, hour by hour, mm-hmm. minute by minute, mm-hmm. in the spirit, which yes. is, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that we can't just let it slide. Say, oh, you know, I got saved when I was four and a half, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fire insurance model. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But that's true. I'm 75 now, and I'm still learning mm. how to walk. Oh yeah, with God, you yeah. know, I, it's a it's a learning experience from start to finish. And and for those of you who have a problem thinking about you're going to stay the rest of your life in school, <laughs> learning, know that it's also associated with like great joy. I yes. mean, it's it's yes. wonderful to experience and to to have those aha moments every day, mm-hmm. every day to have a wow, this out of real. Wow, that is so cool. Thank you, Jesus. But you can go for for years without making any progress at all. If there's something in your life that you want to hang on to, like, okay, I've I've made the commitment, but I want to hang on to my pride. Mm, possessions. Exactly. And uh, there's something I want to do, and then... You know, he'll let you. He's 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 a gracious God. He'll mm-hmm. let you, but you won't have the blessing. You won't nope. have the joy. Nope. The joy comes when you're willing to follow him. To willing you. to let go. Yeah. 
one of the examples of that in my life was when I was, uh, I loved motorcycles. I thought motorcycles were really cool. <laughs> so all through my high school, when I wasn't spending money on books, which is my other passion, uh, words, words are my addiction and books are the way I assuage my addiction. I love to read. But I love motorcycles and I had saved all through high school so I could buy a bike. And then uh, along came a missions request from India. One of our pastors in India needed a motorcycle so that he could con- do, you know, so he, could, so he could do the itinerant ministry and travel from, you know, church to church that he had, he had started numerous churches in his region. And he had been on bicycle doing it, and they really wanted to get him a motorcycle. And I thought, oh, nuts. Okay, God. You know, because immediately I knew. Immediately I knew. And so I took that money and gave it, uh, gave it to the International Missions Project because that was God's passion. And I knew it. I knew it from a child that God's passion was missions. Go into all the world. So to finish my story, when I was four, uh-huh. four and a half, <laughs> So we had missionaries coming through. They were always coming from warm places, from Africa and India. The denomination that my father was a pastor with had more people, more congregants in Africa and India than what they did in North America. Those had been very successful ministry endeavors. And so at four and a half, I was out with my grandfather, and Dad had gone into a shop and uh, I was a little boy, and I'm bored. I don't want to sit in the car. So I, got, I asked my grandfather whether I could get out, and he said, yes, as long as you stay close by. So I was spinning myself around the parking meter at where the car was parked, and a policeman came up. And, of course, my grandfather's got the window down, and he's listening. And the policeman said, what are you doing, young man? And I looked up at him and said, nothing. And he said, are you alone? I said, no, my grandfather's here. Okay, good, good. And what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, well, I want to be a missionary in the wintertime and a cowboy in the summertime. (laughs) See, I had my life all planned out at four. See, I had my biblical knowledge. I had my salvation experience. And I had my life's goals all laid out by four. And yeah, it's been pretty much downhill ever since. Nothing else has come together as well as I had it when I was four. <laughs> so enjoy being four. Any- <laughs> so you were a missionary. You did well, oh, yeah. farmer anyway. I, I never, got, never got my horse. Got my spurs. No. Never got my horse. Oh. But you had cows. <laughs> I had cows. I didn't ride them. <laughs> no. <laughs> or the chickens or the sheep for that matter. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I got to do my ministry. I've been to Europe five or six times, lived in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. traveled the Amazon in a dugout canoe, and had a python swim underneath us that was longer than the canoe. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, and seen some amazing things. And I, I did eventually get to India. I got invited to the pastor's wedding because oh. of my donation. I missed the wedding, but I did years later visit uh, Nepal and India and see the children's ministry there. And that was a very special time. Did you ever get a bike then after? Well, that? yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had a series really of motorcycles. And... Probably wasn't the blessing that 
from the bike that she gave away was. It's interesting because I don't know if you've read my mother's life story that I wrote. Susie's story. Susie's journey. Susie's journey. Yes. We started Uh, that together, Myrna and I. Yeah. Okay. And uh, she had, no, it was Susie's Calling. Okay. Maybe that's the next one? Yes. Okay. And haven't read that yet. She had a similar situation when she met, went to a, a missionary meeting mm-hmm. and she had saved up just enough money for something she really, really wanted. wanted. And <laughs> yeah, that was part of her story. How God took that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, she felt led to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. But God was using that to bring her to the place he wanted her. And it just reminded me of that, how God, yeah. how God moves in, in his way. In his way. In his way. Yeah. And for you, it was, a, it was an experience, a learning experience. A, Definitely. We have to be willing to let go. Let go. And God blesses. Yeah. Eventually, someone bought me a motorcycle, too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So. And... Anyway, mom got a better blessing than what the thing she we would have wanted. wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, unfortunately, I think our, our time is pretty well up. And it's been great. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us, and thank you for yeah. listening. And let's, let's just have a word of prayer again. If sure. If you want to go ahead. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all the ways that you lead all the ways that you guide. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our guide and our instructor, the one who directs us. Mm-hmm. And to those who are listening that haven't come to that place of full surrender where some of this may sound very strange, we ask that you would uh, take the veil off that the enemy may have thrown over them to uh, help them to see the truth, mm-hmm. to see their need of a Savior And the opportunity that lies within that to experience life in a whole new way, to be set free from the entanglements of the enemy, the guilt, the shame, and to be led on this amazing journey that may take them to the other side of the planet. You never know where God may want to take you. But we can be confident of this, that he who begins a good work in you will bring it to completion, that his love for you is unending Mm -hmm. and that it is available to you to receive right now today. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us for Testimonies of God in Action. I'm sure you've enjoyed uh, Lamb again. Thank you. And uh, we'll have to bring them back some sometime again. It's such a pleasure. If I could just remind you to, to subscribe. Subscribe. Yes. And comment if you please. Uh, we love to have comments come yes. back. So thank you. And we'll see you again next week. God bless you. Blessings and bye for now. Bye bye.